Welcome to the Double Deuce Podcast, an amazing show that lasts only 22 minutes and is for you, the listener. So soak it up. So here are your two big beer hosts, Will Averill and Nelson. Hey, Will, hit the timer. And we are in Double Deuce. You were kind of holding, you were <laughs> holding up the phone for me, but it was out of the out of frame. <laughs> but I couldn't tell you because it would have defeated the purpose. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. We do a little moment of silence beforehand, and I hold the phone for the countdown, and apparently I was not holding it uh, in frame for you to read, so that's why it was awesome. You had, you had been, but then you, like, I think, you're like, I wonder how long, and you looked at it, and then you just put it, like, a lot further off to the right when you put it back up, <laughs> or uh, left, yeah. I guess. I can't tell which one is which. I got a secret confession. I ran out of time and inclination, so I've actually done these two double deuces stone cold sober for the first time and wow a long time so if i'm off my game that's what it is you know i haven't had anything to anything to drink so no last time you just talked about pooping yourself for a while like you would have normally yeah okay good good i'm glad things are glad things are are maintaining some sense of normalcy but i'm excited to be here nelson speaking sorry speaking of pooping yourself applebee's you you can poop yourself while you're here if you need to or if you're looking to poop yourself uh we are we can also we can also take care of that applebee's that was your applebee's ad of the week Oh, that was that was really good. That was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to get that sponsorship. So mm-hmm. if you are Applebee's or another restaurant like Applebee's, um, but maybe with a different With name, a vendetta against Applebee's, who wants to pay us to continue doing the ads this way before Applebee's can pay us to do them another way? Like, we can, I, we can support a bidding war. Or if you're just a rich eccentric who hates Applebee's and wants to see it destroyed. Um, or loves it and wants us to do a more fair and, and, and honest job about our Applebee's ads. Like, uh, we'll, these, the moral of the story is we'll say almost anything you want about Applebee's for the right price. Oh, actually, I mean, we can broaden that. We'll say almost anything you want about anything for the right price. Um, you know, uh Oil. Caveats might be larger for for businesses that we like or, or that are owned by friends of ours or I don't know. Exactly. But, uh, you know, the, at the end of the day, I mean, here's the thing is you may think that we are rolling in the money and the power. Um, for <coughs> if you do, why do you think that? Because it's been because we're number five in Lawrence and everybody knows like. Hawk Talk is just a hot cocaine-fueled party all the time and a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like number one or number two. So what's number five going to be like? It's going to be off the rails, man. And that's what we are. We are off the rails. It is not cheap to afford this lifestyle that we live. And we need your help. Get on board the party train. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a party train. It's a train that – have you seen the movie Snowpiercer? I haven't, but this is a train that's just a party. Yeah, and it's a lot like the Snowpiercer train. Um, is it? I haven't seen it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen it either, but I'm guessing that, I mean, it pierces snow. That's like our party train. We're like... We're- I mean, the other trains I know that pierce snow are like that Coors Light Silver Bullet train that would like like roll in and then everything, but then it would create snow. It, it I don't know if it pierced it. I guess maybe... It would pierce it as it fell. I, I, I don't know. 
if the snow was entirely in its wake? That's a good question. God, I wish I paid more attention in school. I'm I'm sort of losing interest in this metaphor, to be honest with you. Is it a metaphor? I, yeah, it's a metaphorical train, right? I mean, metaphorical. Was it? I didn't. I forgot what we were initially talking about. That was talking about a party train, um, and I couldn't. I wasn't sure if it was an actual party train or a metaphor. It's more a metaphorical party. I think it's the party that you'll have in your heart when you uh, hire us to talk about your product. Mm -hmm. Whether or not it's Applebee's. And whether or not you have a train. Or a train. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, we... <laughs> We're happy to discuss riding the rails. Did if I you are happy to pay for it. We're the fifth best podcast in Lawrence. I don't think we ever celebrated that officially, or if we did, we're celebrating it again. Is it best or most popular, though? Uh, I I think. Are I the mean, I mean, what kind? What are we judging here? Well, I mean, we're fifth, so that yeah. is a fifth of all it's the. True. It, is, it does say best in the title, though, so I guess. But at the same time, I, I think it like, means of all the people who voted, every fifth person voted for us. Okay. Yeah, and um, and that means that that that, that we are we are uh, like when you think of the best podcast in Lawrence, you think of like I think Hawk Talk or something, and then you think of like Book Squad, and then you think of like uh, the four I can't remember who won. I think Hawk Talk was like third or fourth this year. I don't know. All I know is the fifth thing you think about when you think about the best podcast in Lawrence is us. Yeah, and, uh, and I think I think that's something to celebrate because. I mean, I would guarantee you we're probably the only one that dedicates as much time to Applebee's and poop as, mm -hmm. as a podcast, you know? I mean, I don't know. I'm sure Hawk Talk takes some time with that. Do you think that? I don't know. Yeah. I generally talk more about uh, Hawk. Like, like, I think it's about bird watching. It's true, but I, I bet they talk about Applebee's. Yeah. I want to talk... <laughs> a little bit about some things that we've been watching on Netflix. Because we yeah. were going to have kind of a uh oh, I didn't take any notes. <laughs> oh shit! How are we going to know what we talked about? It was mostly Applebee's and poop, um, and Hawk Talk, and being the fifth best. See, there you go. That's a summary. People didn't even need to listen to the first ten minutes. I want to talk about um, the the haunting of Bly Manor, which is the new Netflix series. Oh yeah, we were going to talk about a bunch of TV. We are. We're going to talk about that, but we're talking about a haunting of Bly and Manor. Oh, and and we're also don't don't worry. We're we're going to get Will's update about uh, to that to that drunk puppet story. In fact, here's here's another drop right now. You invented Project Centipede. It was your machine that drove the test subject insane. We have to assume either Carney or Magnus gave you up. Yeah. That's the good stuff. I was drunk. I was recording. I I failed in my. I'm I'm a terrible voiceover actor. I'm the worst. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of terrible actors, if you want to watch terrible actors, I highly recommend you watch either of the Haunting of. Uh, there's Bly Manor is the new one, and Hill House was the first one, and um, the Hill House one. Everybody's like, "Oh, this is so amazing!" And here's the thing: fundamentally. It was not. It was good in part. Only one thing is amazing, and that's Spider-Man. 
that's right. But this was just, but then what struck me was the dialogue was wretched and the acting was bad. Well, what they did with the Bly Banner, the sequel, was they probably heard some people say, you know, we like horror genre, but we thought your, um, your story, your, your, your dialogue was wretched and your acting was awful. And they're like, well, we could do a couple things here, guys. We could go one or two directions. Let's spitball. We could, we could, we could do better. We could get some writers who don't write like they're writing internet horror short stories, like actual screen writer writers, and we could get some actors who had some quality, caliber, some range of motion. Or, or we could fucking double down on our shittiness and put it back up for everybody to see. And like really fucking lean into it this time, so the acting is even worse. The the story, the the dialogue is even worse. People will want to kill themselves. Except there's something compelling enough about the horror story uh, that you kind of keep watching. But I literally, I wanted to kill myself while watching this. Uh, not not really, not suicidal ideation. I wanted to end it all. I wanted to make the noise of the universe stop for long enough for me to scream once into the void, knowing that there were people out there who were making a lot of money for doing this while I'm sitting here having to watch the horror show that they created. So I guess on that level of a horror thing, it did sort of work, but it was a big stinking turd that got a little interesting in the sort of latter half of the the series, but then the last two episodes just completely, to use your metaphor from last week, that took us on a big spin, shit the bed. So I would say if you're into something, if you're like, I want to watch bad acting, I want to watch uh, mediocre dialogue, but I want to see some scary shit, you know, The Haunting of Hill House or Bly Manor, those might be for you. But just, just be aware that you can do horror there is, it is possible to do horror competently and with a good script. End of rant. Yeah. I watched the first uh, two or three episodes of, the, of fucking Hellstrom the, the, uh, the, on Hulu. They're doing a Marvel show about uh, Demon Hellstrom, the dude who's like uh, the devil's son in the comics. Uh, and I watched it. It's, it was kind of boring. I fell asleep. It wasn't that well written, and the guy they've got playing him is not that interesting. It's weird because he's like a dude who, like, uh, he's got like a big, you know, like pentagram on his chest and never wears a shirt. He just kind of wears trench coats. And this guy is, I, I think, I don't know, he's like an exorcist or something, but he's he's real. I don't know. He he doesn't seem uh, like Hellstrom's kind of an asshole, I guess, in the comics. Uh, this guy, it seemed. It seemed like uh, he wasn't, but it seemed like Dave Matthews could have been playing him. Like this guy had had, had big Dave Matthews energy. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. It's it's I don't know about it. I fell asleep, and uh, I might watch some more at some point, but I'm not in any hurry. We started watching uh, the new Fargo series um, on on uh, Hulu, and I got to say, I am not as impressed with this one. I I'm liking it, but I'm also it's delightful. I'm interested to see where they're going. Yeah, because this one being especially, I feel like even more off from from where the other stuff has taken place. 
and there's some there's some real fun things about it and it's not terrible by any means and it's still it's fargo so it's better than a lot of things that you'll see mm-hmm. but it has more to me it reminds me more uh kind of in its feel of season two than you know and then then seasons one and three where seasons one and three were really a lot more sort of uh like kind of cop and crime oriented um seasons two and four seem to kind of meander a little bit and get lost in these personal stories that weren't the most compelling stories in the thing Um, well they're more uh oh this one i feel like is almost entirely crime oriented i feel like the, the the yeah the kind of police pursuit aspect is a lot less there although it's starting with timothy oliphant showing up recently i feel like it's starting to get there but at the same time, that still feels very disconnected from the, uh, it's interesting. I like, uh, I still like that vibe a lot. I will say it, it, it's not my favorite season yet, but I am enjoying it. I'm digging it a lot. I have a lot of fun watching it. Also the fact that they're all like 90 minutes and to me, they don't feel like 90 minutes. They feel like more like I've been watching an hour. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, there, there, there's some, it's not, like I said, it's still Fargo. So it's still better than a lot of stuff you'll watch, but um, I, I didn't, I don't feel like it's like, I thought the third season was pretty inspired and this one just isn't quite there yet, but it may pick up. It, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I'm also, I'm loving the shit out of Chris Rock in it. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do really love the, like the two guys who are seem like they're not actors, but are, well, I know one of them's not because the, the the funeral home director was like some singer in Austin that the producer just saw at a bar singing and like thought the guy just looked like this dude. So uh-huh. afterwards, he's like, "Why don't you come be in the show?" And the guy's like, "I've never acted in my life." And he's like, "Ah, it's not hard. You'll be around a bunch of actors. They can show you how. Mm-hmm. It's okay." <laughs> um, he's he's fun and uh, the weird uh, the uh, older brother the Italian uh, the Italian he's wild. He's he's interesting. I can't tell if he's overacting or not. I think he is, but it sort of works. I don't know. He's doing. I can't remember. He's doing the thing, and I can't. I'm I'm fucking blanking on exactly what he's reminding me of. It's a he's a little bit of uh, D'Onofrio in fucking Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I can see some of that with more crazy. Um, There's a lot of crazy there. It's a lot of crazy. <laughs> it's, it's fun, though. Uh, so I guess the, the long story short on that one is it's worth checking out. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe not, maybe not the best Fargo season, but still worth checking out. And, yes, I'd, say, I'd, I'd still say definitely watch it. And I'm interested to see. It could it could start getting crazier and crazy. I feel like it's there's still a shitload left of it. I feel like we've seen a bunch because there are those 90 – it's been like four 90-minute episodes or something. But yeah. I feel like there's still like eight more episodes left or something. I do. Uh, I've seen the actress uh, who plays the the, the nurse. Mm. She was in another movie that got put up on Netflix called uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, um, which is a Charlie Kaufman adaptation of a book. Um, that is- I've heard. I've heard real, real diverse. Like uh, people, some people who are like, "This was amazing," and some people who are like. And like I hated this more than anything else I've ever seen. I was like the vibes. I, I didn't see. I saw very little. Like this was okay. Yeah. No. It's it. It was a love it or hate it. I I I loved the first half, and then by the second half, I was I was ready 
for it to have ended about uh, an hour ago. Um, I feel like that's especially what I heard was that like it felt it fell apart. Yeah, it, for at least at least like half of the people who hated it, I feel were like I was liking it, but then uh, I hated the ending so much that the rest of it is terrible to me now. <laughs> or like the other people were like I hated every second. <laughs> but then I, I did see a lot of I saw a lot of people though who were like I fucking love this. I feel like I I I love both those actors. I I think they're both really fun um, to watch. And so the first half is them just kind of them having a dialogue. It, it, it reminded me of a of a one act play sort of situation, and, and it was fun to watch them work. So I I was content enough to be like, okay, this is a little twee, but I'm gonna follow it because they're really good actors. And then the dinner party scene takes place and things get more like weirder and weirder and you're like okay this is starting to lose a little it's starting to leak out a little bit not quite pull itself back in and then you get to the end and it's back to just the two of them and so it's kind of refreshing but you've been kind of scarred by the whole dinner party experience and nothing's making sense and you're getting frustrated and you're like I hate everyone involved in this for making something that is supposed to be profound in its lack of sense but that's not profound anymore. I mean, it was, it, it worked for a little while, but it, for a whole movie, it doesn't work, you know? Yeah. Doesn't quite work. So I'd, be, I'd be interested, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like I haven't seen something that Kaufman's done in a while, maybe. And uh, yeah, I wonder if it's kind of, if he's doing his kind of his normal vibe if it's yeah maybe is less effective anymore i i i think that, that spike jones and kaufman were a really magical combination because spike jones was actually able to take his weirdness and make it accessible and entertaining and a little bit flashy and cool and none of the stuff i've seen by him or very little of the stuff i've seen by him after that has has had that it's just the weirdness without any uh it's like when people started saying yes to george lucas and then you get the the, the first three Star Wars where it's like you, you need somebody to say no why don't you try something different and kind of challenge you so that you're not just left to your own devices because otherwise it can get really super self-indulgent yeah that, anyway that's my take that's my hot take on Charlie Kaufman and George Lucas right. yeah I, I feel like the Lucas thing is a little bit of a like He's like, I, we finally have the money and the technology to do exactly what was in my head. Whereas, like, there's a lot of magic in the first ones of them having to figure shit out and make it work. <laughs> that was then lost. That 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 attitude is lost, and it makes it 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 it's like a kind of a slick, overproduced kind of a music as opposed to a more rock and roll kind of a. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta lay this down. This is my this is my big truth for this episode. I'm gonna lay down a big truth here. And, and that is this, is that I find myself watching, um, there's a Doctor Who channel on Pluto TV because we got Roku. And I find myself sort of chain watching Doctor Who during the day because they're usually about a half an hour and I can put one in um, while I'm having lunch or something. And it doesn't matter if I'm following them or not because it's Doctor Who. But they're all the old ones. And I love that aesthetic of like the cheesy guys in alien suits running around and bad sets and like obvious soundstage, obvious bad sets, um, twinkling lights, science fiction. There's just something about it that's so endearing. It, it, it's got that just, it, it makes you, forces you to use your imagination 
in a way that I feel like CGI doesn't. CGI just kind of like tries to do everything for you. I think that leads to less innovative um, storytelling and, and filmmaking. So there's my big truth bomb is bring back dudes in outfits. Don't CGI your Chewbacca's, everyone. Not that Chewbacca's ever been CGI'd, but don't do it. Don't ever do it. I feel like they they give him they 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 do a little bit of photoshopping of Chewbacca, but I he is still a dude in a thing though at least. I just I just think there's something wonderful about dudes in in, in alien outfits. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm old school. Maybe it's. I uh, think I think it's. Uh, I like it. I like them at least at bare minimum having some dudes like standing there in the in the rig at least so they're motion capping and, and getting stuff from someone if it's not going to be a guy in a suit. I'm cool with a guy covered in ping pong balls and like cameras on his face, like <laughs> doing it next to people. I'll, I'll, I'll be all right with that. But yeah, the, the things that are completely not there are, are like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like, like the, the shows that are all CGI where it's like, there were two of us in a, in a room with a green screen and we filmed the whole epic movie. And it's like, they usually look shit. They usually look, they still look realistic. So that's my, that's my. Oh man, we didn't talk about Lovecraft Country yet, and we keep not doing it to the point where we haven't watched the finale yet because it was last week and we're still recording last week. Yeah, it's really good. We both really, really like it, right? I do like it. I like it a lot. There's like a couple little things I feel like, but they were bigger deal to me earlier on. I felt like, like the pace was a little wacky and the, and the way that they kind of moved through different types of, uh, like genre or like uh, things per each episode. It felt a little disjointed to me in the first, like in like episodes two and three, but then I felt like it got a little more on track as the narrative started moving a little bit more cleanly. And I feel yeah. like, like two, like a, a lot of shit happened really fast in two to a point where I was like, what's even going on right now? And then like three jumps ahead in time slightly and like some things have changed and you're like, wait, what's going on? But then they kind of, they slow it back to uh, a regular pace and I feel like from that point on I was like okay now this is this is excellent I like it a lot the things that I didn't like as much but I still thought there's lots of good stuff going on stopped after those couple episodes I, I yeah I, I think it's pretty it does take a little bit to get into and I think people mm -hmm. should give it the two three episodes. the first episode I thought was amazing and it grabbed me and then it, I think, feel like it was two and three by the end of three I was digging three a lot yeah. Two felt off to me. Well, stick with it. You'll you'll appreciate it. I I definitely I'm do. Though the one in in Korea where they the, the flashback with the uh, with the demon is I thought was a hell of an episode of TV. I that and Hippolyta's like entire journey through consciousness. Yeah, that one was also amazing. That, was, that one blew my mind. I was like, this is the the best of what sci-fi should be. Yeah, uh, the good things. All right, well, hey, next time we're going to have Nick Spacek on. We can probably talk a little bit more about Lovecraft Country because we'll both have seen the finale by then. And uh, we'll talk about uh, The Stand because I made the mistake of, of banging on about MTV, or about, not MTV, NBC's The Stand from the old, like, uh, miniseries days. And I'm saying the new one looked really, really good. Uh, and Nick Spacek um, from Nuthouse Punks from and inspired by uh podcast um, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been on here in a while we've had him before but it's been a minute nice but he's got it in a schedule to come to the, the next one so we'll see him oh next shit time. you were gonna update that puppet story 
Oh, damn. All right, I'll leave you. I'll leave you with a little puppet hanger, cliffhanger. Uh, he, he got back to me about a week later and was like, oh, I lost the entire Zuckerberg file. Can you re-record that too? I said, yeah, I'll do it Monday. And that was two weeks ago. And oh, I no. <laughs> yeah. And so now I'm like, it's probably too late, but I should probably get back in touch and say. You should really, you should really do that. <laughs> you should do that, even though it's going to be a week late <laughs> or, or two weeks late. I don't know. And now it's another week since then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three weeks late at this point i don't know uh the point is Ho like, hopefully by the time people are listening to this you've sent it to him i hope so i'll send you know maybe i'll if i do send it to him i'll uh, i'll give you a copy and uh we can, we can make the magic happen. speaking of will's was will's uh puppet recordings here's another drop get bent yeah that's the good <laughs> stuff I, I do want to emphasize by the way uh <laughs> these these delightful drops I feel like are funny because they're out of context. I'm not trying to pass judgment on the script writing of Alyssa's husband. I'm just trying to I, I was I enjoy the hell out of out of these deliveries of these of these lines out of context, not having any idea what's going on in this story beyond what I can infer listening to these lines. I think <laughs> they're delightful. All right. Well, sounds good. I, uh... You know what? One more. Professor. If we're to have any hope of stopping this madman, we need to use you and your son Joe as bait to lure him into this trap. Professor, if we're to have any hope of stopping this madman, we need to use you and your son Joe as bait to lure him into this trap. Professor, if we're to have any hope of stopping this madman, we need to use you and your son Joe as bait to lure him into a trap. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Double Deuce. Double Deuce. This has been Double Deuce Podcast. If you thought the intro sounded bad, this outro sounds even worse. Thank you for listening to the Double Deuce Podcast. We'd love it if you wanted to get a hold of us and let us know what you thought. You can reach us at DoubleDeucePod at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at DoubleDeucePod or Facebook, Double Deuce Podcast. Yeah, and also you should uh, subscribe and you should rate and review and things. I hear that's good stuff to do, and it makes us feel good. And on the inside. Yep, and the outside. Both. I was walking with a limp, and then Rob Schulte left us uh, a nice review one time, and then my leg was healed. I threw my crutches to the ground, and I was healed because of your love. Give me your love. I need to eat your love and grow strong. Double deuce. <laughs> ah!